today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You show me a Christian that is filled with the Holy Spirit, I'll show you a Christian that is loving and has joy and has peace that surpasses human understanding. I mean, go down the list. I, I guess I would question my uh, filling with the Holy Spirit when it comes to patience because that's a, that's a hard one. It's for you too, so don't look all spiritual. How about just gentleness alone? I could preach a whole sermon on just gentleness. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Isaiah. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will share another perspective about the Holy Spirit. For many, you might think of the Holy Spirit as a giver of strength to overcome sin. While that's 100% true, the Holy Spirit is also a giver of real and true joy and contentment when you live into the purpose God has for your life. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Isaiah chapter 33 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. This is textbook in the sense that God will oftentimes deem it necessary to bring about a much needed humbling to bring us to that place where He can bless us again and pour out His Spirit upon us again. Because you see, in our pride we grieve the Holy Spirit. We can quench the Holy Spirit. Pride precedes the fall and destruction even, as the Proverbs say. And a haughty spirit goes before a fall. And it's again like God is pleading with them, as He may be even pleading with some of us here, humble yourself. Oh, I want to bless you, but I can't. Because I resist the proud, but I give grace to the humble. The proud I know from afar off. I can't, I can't, I can't even be around you when you're proud. You know why that is, by the way? because God Himself is humble. I cannot. I want to, but I cannot pour out my Spirit when you're harboring a spirit of pride. Verse 15, listen to this. Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is counted as a forest. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. The work of righteousness will be peace. I could use me some of that. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Boy, could I really use some of that. My people, verse 18, will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in quiet resting places. 
Where do I sign? Though hail, verse 19, comes down on the forest, and the city is brought low in humiliation, blessed are you who sow beside all waters, who send out freely the feet of the ox and the donkey. Wow! Are you kidding me right now? I want that peace. I want that peaceful habitation. I, I want secure dwellings. <laughs> I really want these two words in one sentence. Oh my goodness. Quiet resting? <laughs> quiet alone. I'll take the quiet. Because I know if I have the quiet, I'll be able to rest. How do I... How do I get this? Oh, verse 15, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. This is how the chapter ends. The chapter ends with this description of what we would refer to as the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about the gifts. Gifts are different. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are different. The fruit of the Holy Spirit. The result, this is what grows as a result of the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5. Oh, can I just read this list? Verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. And I want to talk about patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is actually, this is evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, all the emphasis is on the gifts when the emphasis should be on the fruit that grows. This is what grows out of a Spirit-filled life. You show me a Christian that is filled with the Holy Spirit, I'll show you a Christian that is loving and has joy and has peace that surpasses human understanding. I mean, go down the list. I guess I would question my uh, filling with the Holy Spirit when it comes to patience, because that's a, that's a hard one. It's for you too, so don't look all spiritual. How about just gentleness alone? I could preach a whole sermon on just gentleness. Just being gentle. Gentlemen. Did you catch that? Gentlemen. Where? I'd like to meet one gentleman, a gentleman. Chapter 23, woe, <laughs> thank you, this is the last one. To you who plunder, though you have not been plundered, and you who deal treacherously, though they have not dealt treacherously with you. When you cease plundering, you will be plundered. 
When you make an end of dealing treacherously, they will deal treacherously with you. How about that? Who's he talking to? The Assyrians. Now this again speaks of the Assyrian army, which is throughout Isaiah's prophecy, but this principle holds true for us as it relates to God being the one to mete out just judgment. Don't take matters into your own hands. God will take care of it. Oh, they plunder you? The Assyrians came to plunder? No, they're, they're going to be plundered. I'll see to it. They've dealt treacherously with you, but you've not dealt treacherously with them. I'll take care of it. Vengeance is the Lord's. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Verse 2, O oh Lord, <laughs> I, I think I should probably set the scene here now, because this is a beautiful, magnificent prayer. We've really turned the corner here, you know. Well, in all fairness, uh, we would probably do the same thing and pray the same beautiful, magnificent prayer, because uh, when they do this, the Assyrians are all around them. Oh God, is that not when we pray and cry out to the Lord? When the Assyrians have camped around about us, the enemy is there to attack us. Oh Lord, be gracious to us. We have waited for you. Be their arm every morning. Our salvation also in the time of trouble. At the noise of the tumult the people shall flee. When you lift yourself up, the nations shall be scattered. And verse 4, your plunder shall be gathered like the gathering of the caterpillar. Interesting imagery here. As the running to and fro of locusts consuming everything in their path. He's actually about to do that. He's going to 185,000 like the locusts. He shall run upon them. Verse 5, the Lord is exalted, for He dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times, and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Surely, verse 7, their valiant ones shall cry outside. The ambassadors of peace shall weep bitterly. The highways lie waste. The traveling man ceases. He has broken the covenant. He has despised the cities. He regards no man. The earth mourns and languishes. Lebanon is shamed and shriveled. Sharon is like a wilderness, and Bashan and Carmel shake off their fruits. Again, this is a very descriptive portrait that's painted on the canvas of the landscape that the Assyrian army has crushed in their wake. And this is their prayer, and they're crying out to God to deliver them. They now turn to the Lord and cry out, to the Lord. What's the Lord going to do now? Is the Lord going to hearken unto the voice of their cry? Or is He going to be 
like me and do what I would do. Nah, you had your chance. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that? Oh, you're turning to me now. Oh, when you were allying with the Egyptians against the Assyrians, you weren't turning to me then, you weren't crying out to me then. Well, now the Assyrians are at your doorstep, and now? But that's not who God is. That's not how God is. Listen to his response as he hearkens under the voice of their cry. Verse 10, now I will rise, says the Lord. <laughs> Can I watch? I want to, I want to see you do this. Now I will be exalted. Now I will lift myself up. You shall conceive chaff. You shall bring forth stubble. Your breath as fire shall devour you. And the people shall be like the burnings of lime, thoroughly, swiftly, like thorns cut up. They shall be burned in the fire. Here, verse 13, you who are afar off what I have done, and you who are near, acknowledge my might. In other words, when news of what I'm going to do spreads, and it will. Did you hear what the God of Israel did for them instead of them? Verse 14, the sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? Two questions that we're going to have answered now. You ready for the answer? Verse 15, he who walks righteously and speaks uprightly, that's who, he who despises the gain of oppressions, that's who. He who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes, get away from me. Who stops his ears from hearing a bloodshed, stop, I'm not going to hear that. And shuts his eyes from seeing evil. He will dwell on high, verse 16. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Bread will be given him. His water will be sure. Your eyes, verse 17, will see the king in his beauty. They will see the land that is very far off. Your heart will meditate on terror. Where is the scribe? Where is he who weighs? Where is he who counts the towers, the strength, the might? You will not see a fierce people, verse 19, a people of obscure speech beyond perception of a stammering tongue that you cannot understand. So these verses are painting yet another poignant picture of the Lord's deliverance of His people. Now again, the dual nature of this is that God would deliver His people from the Assyrians then, but so too will God ultimately deliver His people on the day of judgment. Watch me now. That's what he's saying here. Look upon Zion, verse 20, the city of our appointed feasts, 
Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a quiet home, a tabernacle that will not be taken down. Not one of its stakes will ever be removed, nor will any of its cords be broken. But, verse 21, there the majestic Lord will be for us a place of broad rivers and streams, in which no galley with oars will sail, nor majestic ships pass by. For the Lord, verse 22, is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Your tackle is loosed, verse 23. They could not strengthen their mast. They could not spread the sail. Then the prey of great plunder is divided. The lame take the prey, and the inhabitant will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven their iniquity. Oh, cannot think of a better way for a chapter to end, and with it the Bible study, yet again another dual prophecy, this time concerning Jerusalem. I'm not going to let Jerusalem fall. Ultimately, Jerusalem would fall, but not this time. And there's coming a time, yet future, where Jerusalem will be our dwelling place forever. You know how long forever is? <laughs> I know. Deeply profound. It's forever. In the new Jerusalem, our eternal dwelling place where we will dwell forever and ever in the new Jerusalem. And that is a magnificent picture that is painted on the canvas of this prophecy in this chapter in Isaiah. So glad to be done with the woes. We made it. <laughs> Whoa, I know. <laughs> well, we're not done quite yet. I mean, there's much more to come. Very powerful, very applicable. Again, so much to take with us home from this, the takeaway, the paramount importance of trusting in and relying on the Lord. Maybe you're here, they're watching online, and you've got a situation that, I mean, is so perilous, it is so impossible, and you really need God to do a miracle. You need God to deliver you. There's no way, there's no way you're getting out of this unless God does it for you and delivers you out of that which you find yourself in. And He will. Won't you put your trust in Him? Won't you rely completely upon Him? I mean, forget plan B. There's no plan B. Plan B, you're looking at me going, Pastor, with all due respect, I'm on plan Z. Well, maybe that's the problem. Because you've, you've exhausted all of your plans and nothing has worked, and you've come to the end of yourself, and you're throwing your hands up, and you're going like, like the Israelites crying out to God, God, deliver me, to which I can almost hear the Lord, a loving Heavenly Father saying, well, it's about time. I've been here the whole time. 
waiting for you to come to me so I could. But you had to try. I was just waiting, and it's not easy on me. It, it hurts my heart to watch you do that, because it's so unnecessary. All the fretting, all the striving, all of the efforts in your own strength, in your own flesh. I'm just exhausted watching you. God doesn't get exhausted, but you get the point. And here we are, we just, God, deliver me. Okay. You ready? Yeah. It's impossible. Good. Because when it was possible for you, it was impossible for me. Now that it's impossible for you, it's possible for me. Get out of my way. And watch what, <laughs> watch what I'm going to do. You know, one, one last thing and we're done. I haven't done one last thing yet, so. One of the things, and this has been a, a biggie in my life, is that, and God is so gracious and so gentle and so long-suffering, you know, when he, he shows you that area in your life, that's that problem area. And for me, it's God saying, I wish you would just stay out of my way. You're, you're, you're in my way. I, I want to do this, but would you just get out of the way so I can? You know, some of the best things that God has done in my life and my ministry as the pastor of this church, which is my privilege to be, have been those things that required me saying, okay God, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. You're the potter, I'm just the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will, while I am waiting, yielded and still. It's hard for some of us, and you know who you are. You know, growing up in school, they would, the teachers would always tell me, sit still. I can't. I know they have clinical terms for this. But you tell me that, don't, don't move, sit still. I cannot hear anything else now, because all I'm thinking about is, I can't move. <laughs> I have to sit still. I can't, I can't. I was done. I, I, I couldn't learn anything. I couldn't hear anything past that. All I could think about was sit still. That's what God's doing. Just be still, Psalm 46.10, and know that I am God. Don't get in my way. Let me have my way, and you'll see what I'm going to do. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. <laughs> Here again, it happens all the time. Shouldn't be surprised. By the time we get to the end of the Bible study, it's like something you don't want to end, because there's just so much. Lord, just as we get into your word, your word gets into us, and oh, what comes from it as a result of it. Lord, I just pray that we'll take these things that we've seen here tonight with us, and allow the Holy Spirit that unfettered access into the deep recess of our hearts to do the work, the needed work in our lives. And Lord, we'll get out of your way so you can. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. The book of Isaiah is an interesting one, as the prophet Isaiah spoke things that God wanted the people of Israel to hear, but they just wouldn't listen. Little did they know that much of what Isaiah spoke had bigger significance than they could have imagined. From beginning to end, the book of Isaiah touches on Jesus Christ coming later on. It refers to the announcement of his coming, his birth, his good news of salvation, his death, and his return to claim his own. Wow, what an incredible insight into the future. Sometimes things are plain right before our eyes, and we just aren't willing to see it for what it is. Although the people were ignorant in that present time, God used Isaiah to speak to them anyway and to proclaim the good news that was to come. Do you know of this good news? If not, we'd like you to check out calvarychapelkaneohe.com and head over to the resources page. There you'll find the ABCs of salvation, which goes into a step-by-step understanding the good news of Jesus. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join us on Sundays or Thursdays at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. We meet for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Until we meet again, we encourage you to dive deep into God's Word and to look for more things God wants to teach you in this book of Isaiah. Looking forward to next time here on In Spirit and Truth.